You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 14. I'll be reading verses 7 through 14, and I read from the Good News Translation, which is the same translation as your pew Bibles. And so I would invite you to page 104 in your pew Bibles if you'd like to follow along with today's reading. Jesus noticed how some of the guests were choosing the best places, and so he told them a parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not sit down at the best place. It could happen that someone more important than you has been invited, and your host, who has invited both of you, would have to come to you and say, let him have your place. Then you would be embarrassed and would have to sit in the lowest place. Instead, when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that your host can say to you, come on up, friend, come and sit in a better place. This will bring you honor in the presence of the other guests. For everyone who makes himself great will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be made great. Then Jesus said to the host, when you give a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors. For they will be able to invite you back, and in this way pay you for what you did. When you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they are not able to pay you back. God will repay you on the day that people rise from death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer, and we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So in the year 1998, the originally British television show Whose Line Is It Anyway jumped across the pond to American audiences, and I just saw some fist bumps and some big smiles, and just like last week, I know that I have found my people. The premise, uh, so the show was hosted by Drew Carey and then had staple actors of uh, Ryan Stiles, uh, Colin Mockery, and Wayne Brady, and then several different actors and comedians rotated through to that number four spot. And the premise of the show was simple enough. Using audience suggestions, the actors would perform different games and different scenes, and all of it was improvised. And hilarity ensued. It may not be everyone's cup of tea, but hilarity ensued. And I just want to give one little word of disclaimer that if you go onto YouTube to try and find reruns, please keep in mind that it is a secular show made for a secular audience. It may not be everybody's cup of tea. But one of the games that recurred on that show over and over again was uh, until the show went off air in 2004 was the game Party Quirks. And how the game worked is that one of the actors was selected to be the host of a party. And in terms of comedy, this would have been the straight man of the skit. The others were to play guests at the party, and they were each given different quirks, and the host had to figure out what their party quirks were. The host would figure it out, 
Drew would buzz them out of the skit, and then at the end of it, uh, Drew would assign points for who did the best. But if you know the show, you know that everything is made up and the points don't matter. In the run of the show, a few of the examples that stick out to me is the neighbor that has a vendetta against the downstairs neighbors, the person that was given the quirk of being a slow-motion football highlight reel, and the heroic fireman that was determined to rescue everybody. And I know that was it all an act, but the host of the skit looked visibly exhausted by the end of the game because there was just so much to manage. And what's interesting to me is that the host in the game Party Quirks functions a lot like the host would at a gathering in first century Israel. In our scripture for this morning, Jesus has found himself again at the table of the Pharisees, and he is noticing the customary shuffle that the Pharisees would do as they played their own version of party quirks. The difference is that the Pharisees were not playing parts. Rather than being, of being given the task of playing a baseball player trying to steal home, the Pharisees had their own party quirk, and they all had the same party quirk, and their party quirk was that of self-importance. The Pharisees all assumed that they were the most important person in the room, that they were the guest of honor, and so what would happen is that the party would start and one person would show up, and that person would just go immediately right into the place of honor. But then the problem started when the second guest showed up. Because maybe the second guest was supposed to be seated higher than the first guest, and so the host had to go and tell the first guest to slide down and make room for that second guest that showed up. And this would continue and continue until all the guests were seated in their proper place, until all the guests were arranged in in order of importance and stature. If a host on a television show was exhausted after a five-minute game on TV, I can only imagine how exhausted the host of a party in Israel would have been. And keep in mind that this is just the hustle of all the guests arriving. There's still a whole rest of the party to navigate. It would have been exhausting. Yet in a world that it was as hierarchical as the world in which Jesus found himself, it would have been common practice. This would have been the norm. Seats would have been shuffling all the way through the arrival period of the party. And Jesus sees this. And in the words of Cynthia Campbell and Christine Coifor in their, in their book, Meeting Jesus at the Table, they write, When Jesus sits at the table of the Pharisees, When Jesus looks around the room and sees those who had invited him yet again to dinner, Jesus says to them in a parable, we can do so much better than this. We are capable of so much more. 
And so after watching this happen, at gathering after gathering, time and time again, after watching the game that people play in order to look important at an important gathering, Jesus teaches the Pharisees and Jesus teaches everybody a better way. There's a better way. There's a way to avoid this game and to give the poor host a rest. Jesus says to the crowd gathered there, when you get invited, sit lower than you're supposed to and wait for the host to come and say, come on up to a better spot. Or better yet, go to a place and sit lower than you're supposed to and then just stay there. Be content with where you are, even if the host doesn't come to you. What Jesus wants the guests at the party and what Jesus wants all of us to do is to worry more about who is at the table with us and less about our place at the table. Jesus wants us to focus on who is at the table with us and less on where we're sitting. What Jesus wants is for the Pharisees and the guests to stop playing these games to stop shimmying into whatever gap they think they deserve and actually do the things that would make them worthy of having a place of honor, not just at the next gathering, but in the kingdom of God. What's interesting, though, is that Jesus' teaching is not just for the guests playing their game of party quirks. Jesus' advice is for the host as well. As I did some research this week, as I read some commentaries, I learned that it was ultimately the host of the party who got to determine where who sat where. It was up to the host to determine who had honor and who didn't, who got the seat of honor and who got the kids' table. That was all up to the host. But the host had its own game of party quirks going on because the host would give places of honor to people that could give him honor in return. And Jesus noticed that. Jesus noticed who was invited and who wasn't. Jesus noticed who was welcome and who wasn't. And just like last week, Jesus is again in a position where he is surrounded by the elite. He's surrounded by the upper crust. He's surrounded by the who's who. There are no outcasts or sinners anywhere in sight. There is no room for people like that at this table. And so he said to the host and to all that had gathered there in that place, the host of the, uh, the, 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 un the unknown Pharisee, when you give a feast, don't just invite your brothers and sisters, don't just invite your relatives, don't just invite your rich friends. When you give a feast, invite the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind. Or like even better, how pointed Eugene Peterson says it in his interpretation called The Message. When you give a party, the next time you put on a dinner, invite some people that never get invited out. Invite the misfits from the other side of the tracks and watch how God blesses you because of it. Jesus was challenging the Pharisees. Jesus is challenging us to make room at our tables 
to make room for those with party quirks that are more interesting than self-righteousness. Not so that the host could be repaid, but so that all could experience the joy of being invited in a world that so often left people out. How is it that you're able to extend the joy of invitation in a world that leaves people out? What Jesus is challenging the Pharisees to do and what Jesus is challenging us to do is to host as he hosted. To host as he hosted. What Jesus is challenging the Pharisees and us to do is to follow his example in a different way. Because the one time that we know that Jesus was responsible for hosting was at a meal called, that we now call the Last Supper. Jesus gathered with his disciples in an upper room. And as the, disciple, as the disciples arrived, Jesus took on a role that was even lower than host. Jesus took on the role of servant. And Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. And then Jesus invited them all to eat. Jesus invited all to his table, all of those disciples who started off their life as not being worthy of being invited to tables of notoriety. What I love about Jesus in the story of the Last Supper is that there was no place of honor. There was simply a table that was big enough for all to have a spot. Jesus gathered with his famous disciples, the ones that we can list off and know their accomplishments. Jesus gathered at the table with James and John and Simon Peter, those that were with him on the day of transfiguration. Jesus gathered with his disciples, whose names we know because of the testimony of Scripture, but about whom we know very little else. And Jesus even gathered with Judas. Jesus gathered with Judas, the disciple that had decided to betray him. Jesus made room for all of his disciples. And Jesus, during the course of that meal, included all of them. Because Jesus looked right at his disciples. Jesus looked right at Judas and took the loaf of bread and tore it into two and said to all of his disciples, this is my body, which is broken for you. In the same way, when supper was over, Jesus took the cup, looked at all of his disciples and said to them, drink from this all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus made room for all of his disciples. Jesus continues to make room for all of his disciples. And when Jesus comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet, Jesus will make room for all of us, no matter what our party quirks may be. So here's the question for us this morning. For whom do you need to make room?
for whom do you need to make room? Whose party quirks have you decided are disqualifying for them to be welcome at your table? Do you have room for accident-prone circus clowns? Which, by the way, is one of the roles that was played on the very first game of party quirks back in 1998. Do you have room for people that don't look like you? Do you have room for people that don't vote like you? Do you have room for people that don't dress like you? Do you have room for people that navigate the world differently than you do? Do you have room at your table for that one coworker? And you all know who I'm talking about. Do you have room? Do you have room for that new person sitting in your pew? Do you have room? Jesus invites us to make room in our world. Jesus invites us to make our world look like God's kingdom, where there is always room enough and there is always room for all people to have a place. Party quirks and all. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we just give you thanks for the way that Jesus existed in the world and for the welcome that he extended. Holy God, we look at the world around us and we are thankful for the ways that we've been invited and included and welcomed to tables. Tables with friends and strangers and people that we didn't care very much for, but then we learn we're not so different. We give you thanks for the way that you, by including, challenge us and even change us. And we pray for that to happen once again as we make room, as we make room for all. God, make room for us at this table. Draw all of us closer to you. And then let us go forth from this place as those that are called to make room for others. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.